2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
3: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time
1: now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian.
3: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-host this week. Very happy to have both of my typical co-hosts in one place at one time. That's Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Hello, guys. Hi. We, Hi. Sh- we should mention
4: Scott Fish, who's... I know, we just haven't had Scott in two months, yeah, three months. It, but he's super busy with S- Bx yeah. right now. Right. That's going to be a pretty big deal. He's, he's Scott Fish bowling
5: right now. I saw he got Shane Battier.
4: Oh, Shane wow. Batty is tweeting
5: happen? at Weird. Scott Fish today. That's on super seeing. cool. He's yeah. in the Scott Fish Bowl. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So Does it, he have a team? Yeah. Okay. So
4: is uh, the the guy from That Thing You Do. I don't know. That movie. Okay. That was a long
3: time ago. And <laughs> I don't know what Tom gosh. Hanks that
4: is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tom Hanks. right? <laughs>
3: that, <isn't> he, uh, <laughs> Who's that
5: guy? The Tom guy. Tom Hanks. Is he still in quarantine, <laughs> by the way?
3: No, he did. Uh, he's good. Yeah, good. he did. He did fine. He came home after Australia. Uh, he did like an SNL from his living room or something. Uh, he did. not he? Yeah. So, yeah, apparently he's okay. Thank uh, God. The next four shows are going to be everything you need to know about two of the divisions each of the teams into the divisions of the NFL. We're going to do the AFC East and the NFC East this week. That means we're going to analyze how this offense operates and then identify the riskiest downside players to draft based on their average draft position. Who's got the, who's got the possibility moving of actually finishing the lowest compared to their ADP and Who has the most upside compared to their ADP? Who's the guy who's going at a moderate level right now or a low level right now, but has the chance to have the most upside? So we'll answer those questions for all eight of the teams in the AFC East and the NFC East. It's kind of quick fire on these guys. Yeah. Uh, We begin in the AFC East and we begin with
5: Brian and his new and (laughs) I think most passionate team. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Bills are going to be a ton of fun. We kind of touched on some key members last week. Uh, I'll go through them again real quick. Stefan Diggs, the big free agent uh, offseason acquisition wide receiver, of, of course, uh, Rookies coming in, Zach Moss, running back, uh, drafted in the third round. Uh, some wide receivers we won't mention Gabriel Davis and Isaiah Hodges. Then um, you just mentioned you them. Just mentioned them yeah. I know. They it don't were was...
3: mentioning him. I, mean, I you took to the time me. to
5: actually type out their names, so I decided to wow. mention them. You're, you're the
3: first person outside of the Buffalo media guy hey. that's actually typed
5: their names. Okay, who I won't mention is the quarterback <laughs> from Georgia, the rookie. Won't mention that dude. Anyway, uh, kicker talk. They drafted a kicker, Buffalo. Yeah. For the kicker league, so six-round pick, Tyler Bass out of Georgia Southern. But no, let's talk about the running backs. It's Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Devin Singletary is going in the fourth round. He is your biggest downside risk by far. Mm-hmm. Only three carries inside the 10-yard line last year. Uh, yes. 18 for Frank Gore, 11 for Josh Allen. That brings us to Zach Moss, whose ADP, we were all we were, we were gushing over him last week. We were. He's already gone up two rounds since then, so the time is now to buy Zach Moss. Who's going now in the thirteenth round? Around the 160th overall pick, he's going to get all of Frank, um, all the Frank Gore touches inside yeah. the red zone. 18. If you just all I need, listen.
3: I don't even care if Zach Moss doesn't get another carry. If he gets 18 carries this year and they're all inside the five, he could be sitting on a 10 touchdown season. <laughs> I don't even need him to get another carry out of this season. That's true. And
5: again, he's been heralded as a five pound back. He will truck stick five pound. You five pound, five tool <laughs> that's that's usually a pretty easy yeah, tackle he's right very there light. <laughs> it's lighter bad. than my dog <laughs> my bad uh run around you run through no. you make you miss catch the ball pass protect um pff, blow away in the wind he's gonna yeah yeah <laughs> well he's gonna put on some weight before the season starts probably about 220 pounds a little 220 pounds short there but zach moss uh your highest upside guy for sure Eben stefan Diggs, john brown it's gonna be an exciting offense in buffalo It is gonna be exciting. I could go on and on, but yeah, Josh Allen, of course, not very accurate, but a mobile threat. But uh... and the big arm. I mean, you know, and he's got two receivers that can
3: get downfield, and so I think you're going to have a lot. I think you're going to have a lot of deep passing to impart set up. The running game between those between Singletary yeah. and Momma.
4: And the Let's one, just hope Allen can be accurate because his deep pass accuracy uh, is terrible, not good. Well, well, well,
5: Diggs will help improve on those numbers. I feel. Oh and, uh, yeah. yeah, if
3: there's anybody who's
5: just the character is just perfect. All right, I was, I was talking about <laughs> route running <laughs> and catching the football. Oh, very oh. good. At that. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, the one downside for Buffalo from a fantasy football perspective is the defense is pretty good. It's too bad they don't have an awful defense because then they just be lighting up the scoreboard. Well, I'd like to but. think they're going to try to score anyway. Way. They will, but they won't They won't be necessarily be needing points like they have in the past when they couldn't score any.
3: All right, so the riskiest player to draft is Devin Singletary. Yeah. The player who's got the most upside is Zach Moss, and I'm 100% Don't on that.
4: Don't touch
5: Devin Singletary, basically, is my recommendation. Too I high, traded
4: I Devin Singletary in an Empire League to our friend Ryan Bozer not too long ago for mm. Keenan Allen, straight up. Wow. Did I get a good deal? Did I get a bad deal? Because I had a little bit of regret letting go of Devin Singletary. This was prior to the draft, though. I, I just don't like, Keen-
3: I don't like Keenan Allen. I can't even tell you his quarterback's going to be. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't love that deal. Miami, Matt, let's go yeah. there.
4: Uh, tell us about the, the new look Miami offense. So they had a lot of additions this off season. Um, and that's good because um, a lot of it stems from the offensive line being pro football focuses. 32nd ranked Oof. out of 32 mm-hmm. offensive lines in the league. So they addressed that with Eric Flowers. Austin Jackson at uh, the 18th pick and Robert Hunt at the 39th pick. Yeah. So, uh, two guys in the top 39. I love it. And then Eric Flowers, he's an upgrade ah, on nobody. Nah, nobody. No, he's awful. <laughs> Is he an upgrade on Jamarcus Webb who left?
5: Maybe. Maybe. No. But not, you can't know because at best it could be a lateral move from awful to awful. Eh, maybe. The only thing Eric Flowers could address is an envelope if he wanted to. Wow. He doesn't address anything. You know, he's, they don't even let him have an email address.
4: Ooh. An E-rec Burn. email? <laughs> Ooh, keep uh, going. Keep going. Jordan Howard, Matt Breida joined the team as running backs. And Tua Tagovailoa, I'm never going to get that name perfectly correct. I just go with Tua. Tua. No, everyone
5: knows who that. Hashtag
4: is. Tua, who was picked with the fifth pick. So the the thing about the Miami offense is, ADPs are so low on every player. There's mm-hmm. not really a guy with that much risk. The highest player in ADP, according to Fantasy Pros consensus ADP, is Devonte Parker, who's going at 62. So you don't yeah. have to take him to the sixth round, right? That's and and, and he was he was a top ten fantasy wide receiver well, last year. Yeah, three he,
5: in the second <laughs> half. Yeah, second he was. Half, uh, right? He
4: had 72 catches for over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns last season basically as the only option from November on uh, Preston Williams tore his ACL in November. The dolphins are hopeful that he returns by week one, but there's not a hundred percent guarantee there. Right. So while Devonte Parker is just the highest on the board, I think that's what makes him the riskiest, but there's not really that much risk. I agree. The biggest upside I think is the combination of both of the quarterbacks. Um, you got Tua, who's going at quarterback 28 right now, mm-hmm. and Ryan Fitzpatrick going at quarterback 29, and they're basically going in like the 18th round of redraft leagues right now.
3: Yeah. So what about a handcuff situation where you've got both quarterbacks? We saw Fitzpatrick be a very serviceable uh,
4: fantasy quarterback last year, and they're always behind. They're always passing. Well, that's that's the thing is Stewbeard threw the ball 35 or more times in nine of his last 11 games, had yeah. seven games of over 275 yards in that span. Mm. Six of those games had multiple touchdowns. Yeah, baby. He single-handedly ruined the Dolphins' tank for Tua strategy. <laughs> he did, and they and, still and, got and, him. And they got him. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Washington. So, um, especially if you're in a best ball league, I really like the idea of getting Tua and Fitzpatrick both in the same thing. Oh, so, the whole
5: team. I mean, you get Parker cheap, and then you you handcuff Preston Williams to him in best ball. Then you can get Howard and Breida cheap. I love the whole team in best ball. You can get them dirt cheap. The Dolphins just- are a, they're a,
3: a fantastic do the opposite team for their running back. Sure. Too.
4: Um, yeah. Matt Breida is going above Jordan Howard right don't now. I don't get that. I, That's don't, a I don't understand that at all. Howard no. scored six times on the ground in only 10 games last year for the Eagles, had nine touchdowns in the previous two years. Matt Breida scored six times on the ground in his career. Yeah. So the touchdowns are going to go to Howard. It's this,
5: he's the fastest running back thing that, that keeps popping up. Like yeah. he's the fastest clocked running back last year. So everyone's always like, okay.
4: Yeah. Um, at, the other
5: guy that's uh, kind
4: of interesting is Mike Gasicki. Oh yeah. Uh, I've seen him go up quite a bit in uh In in, in our auctions and stuff like that. A lot of interest in him. Uh, In five of his last six games, he was targeted seven times or more and scored all five of his touchdowns from week 12 on. So people are really excited about Mike Gesicki coming in on his third year, finally figuring out the offense and uh, getting ready to be that next Mark Andrews kind of guy. When you, Matt, divvied up the teams that we'd each be
3: talking to Mm -hmm. and talking about, you gave me the team that ranked thirty first in in total yard uh thirty first in points per game and dead last in total yards per game, and then the other team you gave me ranked dead last in points per game and thirty first in total yards per game.
4: I wanted to make it easy on thank your charge. you for giving me <laughs> the jets and the
3: redskins,
4: okay, so
3: let's let's talk jets first this is a completely retooled offensive line and wide receivers potentially five new starters from last year's offensive line five new mm-hmm. which ranked 28th in pass blocking and 30th in run blocking last last year they spent a first round pick on Peck uh, Beckton from Louisville and then center Connor McGovern was signed from Denver. Right tackle is going to be a battle between two different guys, including George Fant from Seattle. Greg Van Roten was also added. He could push Brian Winters at right guard. So effectively, they will have no less than three new starters on the offensive line for the Jets and up to five. Now, that means that it's going to take time to gel. That offensive line, even if even if there's a talent upgrade. And by the way, we don't even know that most of these guys aren't, aren't proven and aren't good. We don't even know if there really is a talent upgrade, but if it does come, it's going to need time to gel. That worries me about
4: this they offense. Have plenty of time in training camp, though. Oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> crap. Uh both outside
3: receivers are new this year. Brashad Perryman and Denzel Mims. Both guys are cut from the same cloth. They run fast, they run straight. And they don't do a lot else. Perriman's games developed a little bit over the years, but Mims was used almost entirely as a run straight, go route, vertical receiver last year at Baylor. And that will probably be the case here. So they are going to be, it's all about the deep speed on the outside receivers. So how does this whole Jets offense function? Well, with Perriman and Mims looking for these deep balls, the question is can Sam Darnold deliver these deep balls? Because that's what <clears throat> these receivers want to do. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was brutal as a deep ball passer, he completed. He threw 51 deep balls. Of the 51,
5: he completed 15. Mm, he's just got to stop smooching with everybody. His, <laughs> he's smooching with my sister. His deep ball the-
3: passer rating was 75, which put him behind Eli Manning. This is on deep ball passes for, for Sam Darnold. He uh, was behind Eli Manning, Mason Rudolph, and.
4: Yeah, here it comes. Wait, wrong one. On. Nothing. <laughs> not, no, wait. not Sam Trombonski. Oh, the
5: duck. The duck. Behind. No, like, like, no, no. It wasn't Mitch <laughs> Trubisky. Trubisky. No, no. no it Mitch Trubisky's been Trubisky's way worse. It, it could have been worse. <laughs> Many apologies, Devlin Hodges. for. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was, in fact, Duck Hodges, a better deep ball passer, and Mason Rudolph. By the way, Duck Hodges, Eli Manning, and Mason Rudolph all benched at various times last sure. year. And they were all a better deep ball passer than Sam Darnold. Now I'd like to say that Darnold's deep ball is going to get better this year and his arm strength is good enough to do it, but this offensive line might not give him the chance. So it might not matter. Jets called the seventh fewest runs last year, which also tells me that they'd like to get a passing game going. um, But I don't know that they can, I don't know that they can do it. Le'Veon Bell figures to get the majority of the work, uh, but they added depth that they did not have last year. They added Frank Gore. They added LaMichael Pirine in the fourth round. And I think if you look back through Adam Gase's career, he's been more of a running back by committee guy. Last year, they didn't have anybody else to carry the ball. So they gave Le'Veon Bell the vast majority of the carries last year. The Jets ran for the league's worst yards per carry as a team. 3.3. 3. That's it. <laughs> There's nothing to like here, really. So who's the riskiest jet by ADP? Even after last year's brutal season, Le'Veon Bell still going off the board at pick 41. Mm. That's still too high. Uh, he's, he's a year older. He's got far more competition for carries this year and his rebuild offensive line starting from ground zero. He can still go down from pick 41. The biggest upside guy, I believe, is Denzel Mims, whose average draft position is pick number 194. Mm. He's the 71st wide receiver going off the board, and that makes Denzel Mims almost free. When, we'll take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the new look New England Patriots. Now, obviously, without Tom Brady, what can we expect from that offense? And it's, it's been 20 plus years <laughs> since we've had to talk about a really different looking Patriots offense. We'll find out about that when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table.
2: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson with you. We're breaking down eight different teams fantasy style in quick action and identifying the one player who has the riskiest downside and the one player on each team that has the most upside we shift now to the New England Patriots. We have reason to believe there'll be a change at quarterback.
5: Yeah, I, I'm more interested in the change at kicker. Stephen Gostkowski, oh, yeah, yeah, he's no out. longer yeah. kicking, foot, foot punching for the Patriots mm-hmm. uh, after 14 years. They, they too drafted a kicker. I'm looking at yeah. the Bills and the Patriots. I'm like, well, these guys drafted kickers. So Justin Rohrvasser out of Marshall. Okay. <laughs> You're in a kicker league. You like Patriots kickers. That's your guy. Um, In the draft, the Patriots also drafted two tight ends, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keen. I'm starting at the tight end position. They'll compete with Matt LaCosse. I don't advocate drafting any of these guys in redraft. So we'll move on to another guy that I'm not going to advocate drafting in redraft, and that's the quarterback now, Jarrett Stidham, who uh, Fantasy Pros has as quarterback 31 right now. Basically, Tarod Taylor is the only starting quarterback getting drafted. I'd rather, after, I'd rather have Taylor. I, I, would run I would too. I would too. You know, who wouldn't rather have Taylor is Chris Sims. Have you heard this? No. Chris Sims says <laughs> Stidham is better than Tua already. What? He'd rather have Jarrett Stidham than what? Tua. Oh, whatever. Moving okay. forward. Uh, yeah. Jarrett Stidham in his four career pass attempts, two completions. One was an interception. Mm-hmm. Granted it was Jamal Adams, the uh, best safety in the NFL, in my opinion, but, um, there's not a lot of tape on Stidham, of course, just four career pass attempts. Uh, his 2019 preseason was overwhelmingly positive, though. Uh, in yards per attempt, he was tied for 10th. Quarterback rating tied for 12th. There's similar statistics that are kind of impressive, but it's preseason, so we're not going to agree right. too much for that. I'm, there's certainly risk and reward here, but I don't want to mess with Stidham. We're not going to draft him. Moving on to the running backs, a position for New England, where I always said don't draft any of these guys, and I'm going continue to do that. Uh, Sonny Michelle is, outside of Julian Edelman, Edelman, who we'll get to, is the highest, uh, has the highest ADP on New England. Uh, they might have higher ADPs than the Jets. This team's looking so brutal on paper. Uh, he's going in the seventh round, James White in the late ninth. James White only viable in PPR, uh, over 90 targets over the last two years. Julian Edelman in the late seventh. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff, per se. That's coming, though. Yeah. It may not be this year, it's next year. He doesn't have your biggest downside yet. He's your safest player, but there's no ceiling no, with for Edelman. Edelman.
3: No, you don't. The upside isn't there that he that
5: he had under Brady, but he still probably catches a bunch of balls. He probably does, but man, with age, no. Tom Brady does have an injury history. Mm-hmm. I'm out on him entirely, yeah. probably a year early, but it's better to be a year early than a year late in this regard. So that brings me to Enkeel Harry, by far the highest upside of anyone on New England, going mm-hmm. in the 12th round right now, uh, 138th overall player, wide receiver 55. People are act- acting like Harry is old and washed up. <laughs> <laughs> out, no, no, they're no, not, no, They're treating him no. like a decrepit, injury, injury riddled. I mean, his name's Harry, so he's only old, washed up guys. Harold, Harold. He, he. <laughs> he uh, granted, Harry graded out as a better rusher and receiver <laughs> by Pro Football yeah, Focus last it. year. Forty nine yards on five carries, so he's a pretty yeah. good ball uh, ball carrier. But again, it was a lost season due to injury. Only twenty three targets. I like Harry. I think Harry's going to outscore every single. Rookie wide receiver this year. How's that for a call? With what? no yes, Enkel Harry is going to outscore every Jerry rookie. Judy. is yep. going outscore all. All. C.D. Lamb. And there's this can only really be a gut feeling, but he has all the intangibles. He's one year in, uh, and I see gets, uh, I, uh, You're I'm, right here. I'm, let's, so, let's put highest, money on that. <laughs> highest upside by far is Enkel Harry, well, who okay. is going to get a shot as the number one wide receiver. Julian Edelman is not that. Never was. So Enkel wow. Harry. There you have it. I believe you with that. But this yeah. yeah. The
3: notion that he's gonna outscore the best wide receiver crop of uh in our in memory is absurd.
5: Coming in with no mini camp, a shortened preseason. Don't care. Okay. Don't care. I cannot wait All to right. be right on that. That's this one.
3: the AFC East. Let's shift over to the NFC East. Matt, you've got the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. This is uh, quite quite a difference from most of the offenses we've just been talking about. Man, I think you know. I want every Cowboy, basically.
4: Should I have given you the Cowboys well, to talk about? It'd since be a you, lot easier. Like you gave me the Jets, Jets and the Redskins. Yeah, I know. Um, they added CeeDee Lamb, of course, in the first round of the mm-hmm. draft. Uh, Andy Dalton is the backup quarterback. Cameron Irving joins the O-line. And uh, Legatron, Greg Zerline, yeah. uh, joins that team. Uh, not that we talk about kickers very much, but he's currently going off the board as the third kicker right now. So uh, high-powered offense and a it good make, leg It there. makes sense, yeah. Uh, they lost Tavon Austin, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten. Let, let's put lost in air quotes for those yeah.
5: three. Can we just lose Tavon Austin think, forever yeah. from
4: fantasy football league? That, that dude's made like
3: $100 million in his career. Eighth overall pick.
4: Um, they did lose the Cameron game. Fleming from the offensive line and Travis Frederick retired. Um, and that was from Pro Football Focus's number four offensive line last mm-hmm. year. So uh, they, got a, they got a little bit of a churn on the O-line there. Um, as far as the riskiest player, I think you got to go right to the top and you guys really have covered it over the last two weeks. Ezekiel Elliott, who, uh, by fantasy pros consensus ADP is going off the board at number four right now, Mm -hmm. which is surprisingly behind Dalvin cook. I feel like Zeke is, uh, going three in most of the leagues I see, but, uh, the fact that he's going in the top three means there's just not that there, much upside, upside here. No, there really is. Um, and, and, and the two of you guys have been spouting the virtues of Tony, Tony Pollard for yep. quite a while now. So
5: mm-hmm. I was I, about a year or two early on the Tony Pollard. <laughs> 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 Virtue spouting, but yeah.
4: Um, yeah. So I, I, th- I think that's your riskiest guy right there. Um, your safest, but not safest player is probably Dak Prescott because if oh. you want a piece of the offense, Dak he, Prescott's yeah. going to be a part of everything. You don't, you in the don't want
3: to worry about which of his capable electrifying receivers is going to catch the ball. Absolutely. They just take Dak Prescott. I don't have to sweat trying to figure out
4: which receiver is, which Dallas receiver is going to have the big now, game. Now, the not safest part is what if he holds out <laughs> and then Andy Dalton starting a couple of games at the beginning of the year. Uh, but Dak did put up 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns through the air last year. Uh, Had 277 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. And that was his worst rushing year. Mm -hmm. He's had six touchdowns on the ground in every other year and at least 300 yards. So uh, Dak's pretty safe. Although I do want to give a special mention to Michael Gallup. He's going a little bit too high in ADP right now. He's 65th off the board and wide receiver 30. But he finished as wide receiver 19 last year. Mm -hmm. He had 1,100 yards and six scores on 66 catches. Now, granted, there's some open targets now that Cobb is gone. Witten is gone. Sure. Oh, Lamb, yeah, is CD Lamb, CD is, right. Lamb is better. Lamb is better than the both problem. of them. Yes. will Probably be better than Gallup overall uh, as, as we go down the road, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to quite give up on Michael Gallup yet. You're getting a guy who's in a great offense. He's got wide receiver two potential. And, and he's just sitting there. And I think that his ADP is going to continuously be pushed down as we go through this off season. So keep an eye on Gallup. If he's there in the seventh or eighth round, he's a guy that I'm probably investing in. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not done yet. What? Why aren't we talking
3: Blake about Blake Jarwin? Jarwin. Come yeah, on, man. Come I
5: was on. saving it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next, next let's episode. Go to the, let's go to the Blake Jarwin desk, Brian. I don't Tell know. us why you love Blake Jarwin. I can't. Dan Arnold might be listening. Maybe next week. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I mean, Blake Blake Jarwin, basically off the top of my head, you take out Jason Witten last year and you mm -hmm. give all those snaps targets to Blake Jarwin. And he, Jason Witten was inside the top 10 with Blake Blake Jarwin eating into his work. So, yeah, it's, uh, of course, the addition of C.D. Lamb is not ideal for any of the pass catchers, but Blake Jarwin... Should not leave your draft undrafted. all. They signed
3: up. Blake Jarwin to a shockingly big deal this past offseason. Oh, yeah. He's for a, a kid who's Who's been mostly unproven. And it's because they know they've been developing Blake Jarwin for several years now. And they know they've got a kid that is ready to take the next step and be a functional starter. For and and they know
4: that- he's quarterback proof. So if they have to go <laughs> with Andy right. Dalton, yeah. Blake
3: Jarwin's just fine. Let's go to Washington. <laughs> this offense was dead last in points scored and they ranked 31st in total yards. There's a new head coach, Ron Rivera, as you know. Uh, first-time offensive coordinator Scott Turner will be there. Every fantasy position is filled with deep question marks in Washington. Last year, Dwayne Haskins, incredibly inaccurate, 58% completion rate, which was 40th among starting quarterbacks, and there's not only 32 teams. Scott Turner is going to be challenged to devise an offense that works to Haskins' best skills but I don't even know what those best skills are. You know, watching a lot of Dwayne Haskins last year, I can't tell you, well, here are the things he does really, really well. that you want to go emphasize? Because most of what we saw last year was bad. But the final two games of last year for Dwayne Haskins, he completed 72% of his passes. He threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and zero picks. He had those last two games were this glimmer of hope that, were strong enough to get Miami to pass on Tua. They could have had him and they let him go. They apparently feel like he's going to be good. Now I'll mention this as well. It's another reason for optimism on Dwayne Haskins. This off season, he's been tweeting on Instagram all the time about all the workouts he's doing and all the work he's doing. I was hearing plenty of whispers from Washington that there was a problem with work ethic and dedication and mindset. And these could be signs of maturity for him. That he's ready to that he's ready to take the next step. He's ready to dedicate himself fully to being the best quarterback he can be, and maybe that'll help a little bit. Now, if Haskins does get benched at some point because he's not good, they've got Kyle Allen, who was capable last year, and obviously knows the Scott Turner Ron Rivera system. So you know that is it would give them a transition that isn't a disaster like it would necessarily be, and maybe, maybe Kyle Allen's even better.
5: If say he, Washington or when Washington loses, sorry Matt, uh, their first three games for. It's yeah. time to start tanking for Tyler Herbert at that point probably. Yeah, and you'll opinion. see yeah in Washington some other teams Tyler Lawrence, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Was...
4: If you Google Dwayne Haskins, one of the first things that comes up is, is Dwayne Haskins a good quarterback? <laughs> that's all you need to know.
5: And it's Trevor Lawrence, right? I'm really yeah, blowing Trevor, this. Yes, that's, that's too far good. ahead in the future for
3: me. Uh, Haskins receivers are mostly unchanged. Terry McLaurin was awesome last year. Should have been offensive rookie of the year. Got completely jipped. Terry gypped. McLaurin. Terry <laughs> McLaurin. Completely robbed, and I'm still bitter about it. 900 yards and seven touchdowns, despite getting one hoppers from Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins for most of the year those don't count as receptions charge if if terry mclaurin were playing in any other offense besides this one or my other team the jets we'd be talking about terry mclaurin's upside as being like a top 15 top 12 wide receiver this year i think it's still there and it is it's it's if everything goes perfectly yeah. that upside is there because mclaurin is that good daddy the only other notable uh receiver rookie antonio gandy golden We'll challenge Kelvin Harmon and Cody Latimer for time, but I don't think he's expected to make a quick impact here. Uh, Steven Sims and Trey Quinn are going to battle for slot looks. Don't care. Garius, uh, Darius Geis is going to be your starter. Now, let's remind people. Is he? he? Yeah, he is. He suffered the ACL, then he had a torn meniscus, and then he had a sprained MCL. But when he's been on the field for these glimmers, he's looked really, really good. So we assume that he's going to continue to be the starter. Adrian Peterson will get spot carries for sure. Although I suspect the plan at the outset is going to be, let's keep Adrian fresh with low carries. So at the end of the year, when Geis is unlikely to be playing, we can go put Adrian Peterson in. And then a lot of people interested in rookie Antonio Gibson, who's going to fill the pass catching role vacated by Chris Thompson. Are either of you guys Antonio Gibson people? There are, I've seen a bunch of them the, around. The, the,
5: is, is he a running back or a wide receiver? Well, depends that's what part of the beauty on, of it, right? Yeah. He's going to be treated like a running yeah. back. He's like Lynn Bowden on uh, the Raiders. The Raiders the yeah, It's, it's going to be similar. Yeah, they yeah.
4: were talking about him and, and using Christian McCaffrey's name as a comp uh, no. out of uh, the Washington camp, but I can't imagine that happening.
3: Offensive line for Washington, I'll have a couple of new starters and left tackle. Garan Christian, who takes over for Donald Penn, and left guard Wes Schweitzer, replacing Eric Flowers, who we talked about earlier, and he was brutal last year. So there is a little bit of churn on the, um, on the offensive line and the left side in particular. But Dwayne Haskins doesn't need to, you know, who needs the left side of your offensive line when you're a second-year quarterback who struggled last year? So in summary with Washington, and it's probably too much time on this team, if Haskins takes a major leap forward, which is possible, and Darius Geis stays healthy, which I guess is possible, and Terry McLaurin improves in year two, which is almost certainly going to happen, maybe the Redskins have a chance to be quasi-competent on offense. But there's a ton <laughs> of risk. The riskiest Redskin by ADP is Darius Geis going off as uh, ADP of 74. The Redskin with the biggest upside is Terry McLaurin is, not, is going off the board at wide receiver 31. Whoa that's too low that's too low uh i believe he's got as we discussed earlier if if things break right for him he could be a top 15 wide receiver let's take a break when we come back our final two teams to break down the new york giants and the philadelphia eagles i am of the belief that the giants are going to take a big step forward this year we'll see what brian has to say about that when we come back to fantasy
0: football weekly there are some things that are too good to keep a secret
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
3: It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison. Brian Johnson with you. We're breaking down all of the East teams, the AFC East, the NFC East, looking at the, holistically at the entire offenses, what's changed in the offseason, offensive line changes, and we're identifying the riskiest downside <laughs> players to draft based on their average draft position and... The players with the most upside based on their average draft position, we go. To the New York Giants, a scorned lover for one Brian Johnson.
5: <laughs> well, I, I might be able to make our, my return after this season because there's no way Gettleman keeps this job after this year, especially after you see how bad. Oh, this de- how bad! Know. You see how bad this defense is going to be, which bodes very well for the, the offense. offense. So let's uh-huh. talk about them uh, real quick. Some of so, my favorite sleepers across all of fantasy football, right here on the team. All right, let's talk about them. First off, though, Joe Judge, new head coach for the Giants, also new offensive coordinator. Former New York Giants quarterback and former Dallas Cowboys head coach, of course, Jason Garrett, mm-hmm. uh, as a new offensive coordinator. Um, the Giants, already awful offensive line, lost Mike Remmers to Denver, but they immediately... Wow, that was, was rest. That's, that's, yeah, that's of, addition by subtraction, losing Mike Remmers. I don't know about for the Giants. Maybe any other team. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they sunk major draft capital uh, into Andrew Thomas, the fourth Love overall it. pick in the draft. Love it. And Matt Pert in the third round. Yes. They also signed Cameron Fleming. So uh, is that a
4: Pert plus? Ooh, oh, I like that. Nice. Yeah. I like that.
5: There's shampoo humor there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, offensive line was one of the many issues... Pretty much the only issue on offense for them. There's been no major shakeup at the skill positions. You have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, of course, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard at wide receiver, and Evan Engram. A somewhat scary group of players who have never been on the field at the same time. Seriously, those four receivers. They never have. Because Golden Tate missed the first four. Yeah, suspension. I, I made sure they yeah. never have played together wow. in one single game. So hopefully they get to do that this year. Doesn't um, that it, it, where I'm going, and I'm I'm totally cutting you off here. It's
3: all good. I don't care. I'm excited about it. This is why I like Daniel Jones so much. And I think he's, he's going to be my upside guy. He's just sitting on the big, the big second year breakout for Daniel Jones. I thought he looked good enough last year and showed a lot of, a lot of promise. I really like the arm. And... For the first time, he's going to
5: roll into a season with all of his receivers. It's really more about the Giants having an awful defense, and they're going to be chasing points. And this is a very—I'm not convinced Jones is the long-term answer. I'm not saying he's a total bust, of course. He looks like he has some some game, Mm -hmm. but yes, he is my highest upside uh, player uh, based on ADP. I mean, Saquon Barkley. What is his ADP offhand? uh, He's going off uh, in the mid-tenth as quarterback fifteen right now. Is it just surprised it's that high? Actually, uh, yeah, Uh, people are people are high on Jones. You know, he had some monster games last year, but again, against against some bad teams Saquon Barkley of course could be your highest risk we saw we saw the his rookie year we saw the ceiling mm-hmm. last year we pretty much saw the floor uh even though he did finish as like a top 10 running back but missed half the year due to injury I will say the biggest the scariest downside continues to be Evan Engram, who right now is going uh, in the seventh round is tight end seven when Ooh. he plays he's he produces but you just can't trust him to stay so on the I- field And and Jason Garrett super tight end friendly as an offensive coordinator. So if Engram can stay healthy, I've said this for three straight years yeah, now, you know, he can right. finish his yeah, tight end one and he, on a points free game he's basis. Not, no, he's not going to finish his tight end one. If he stays healthy, he has that no, potential. No, he doesn't. Why not?
3: He has Travis Kelsey and George Kittle in him. I'm, come on, man. Oh, he does no. without.
5: Yeah. When it comes to pass catching ability, I I'll put him right there when he's healthy, but, but he, he's your, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going for Engram. I'm still, I'm taking Dan Arnold in the last round. So, your riskiest yeah, no. player
3: to draft was your riskiest Evan downside is Everett Ingram, and Evan your upside Angram. guy? Uh, Daniel, is Daniel Jones. Jones. Okay.
5: I'm going naked Daniel Jones. The and final. That means you go quarterback and you don't invest in any other players. Just, you know, you don't want to pair him with a wide receiver. Just go naked Daniel Jones. He's got plenty of weapons and hopefully he produces. Tastefully nude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daniel Jones our final of eight teams that we're going to talk about from the AFC
3: and NFC East is Philadelphia, Matt. And this was an offense last year that was ravaged by injury I think the overall value of all of the Eagles is very, very low right now. Mm-hmm. How do you see this offense coming together this
4: season? Uh, the interesting part is the Eagles had Pro Football Focus's number one ranked offensive line last year. Yeah, how about that? They Despite did, everything. They did lose Jason Peters, though. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty big subtraction right there. Uh, the other guys that they lost, not that big. Josh McCown, Jordan Howard, Signar. Darren Sproles, Nelson Aguilar, whatever. Yeah, uh, They did add Jalen Rager. Uh, in the first round of the draft, mm-hmm. and uh, he's slotting in as uh, one of the one of the two wide receivers that you should at least know about this year. Um, so the riskiest guy, probably the biggest upside and probably the biggest downside on the team is Miles Sanders, who, according to ADP, is going off at number 22 right now. I'm Overall, s- number overall. 22. And I must be about running back 13. S- that is going up. Mm -hmm. If you pay attention to what fantasy Twitter is saying about Miles Sanders, Mm -hmm. by the time we're talking about this in August, Miles Sanders will be the first first round round or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, Everyone's all over him. Seventeen touches or more in five of his last six games. In those six games, he averaged 105 total yards and had four touchdowns in that span. So, I mean, there's something to love about Mm -hmm. seeing what happened in the last few games of the year especially when Jordan Howard was out. Now Jordan Howard is
3: gone. Yeah, he is. However, everybody was hurt last year except him. I mean, the whole offense had to go through him by necessity. And we've seen this this offense in the past be very diverse with his usage of running backs. So everybody
4: was hurt, right? Mm -hmm. All the wide receivers were hurt. Greg Ward was their top wide receiver going into the playoffs. But yet Carson Wentz, out of nowhere, threw the ball at least 40 times in the last seven regular season games straight. He lost all of his wide receivers and they're like, YOLO, let's (laughs) throw the ball. (laughs) So Carson Wentz is a really interesting guy. And I think people are way down on him. He got injured, injured in the playoffs again.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. He's not thrown a touchdown pass in only one game in three years. Wow. That's a great stat. Um, he's had exactly seven interceptions in each of the last three years. Man. His, his production almost exactly mirrors Matt Ryan. Mm. Like if you put their numbers side by side through their first four years, that's almost the same. So this is his fifth year. Matt Ryan had about 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, just like Carson Wentz did last year. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And did Ryan explode in year 5? 4700 yards and 32 touchdowns. Nice. So, I think that there's a big upside here on Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Everybody's down on him. This is this is a yeah, the you it. can you can really buy low right
5: now. Yeah. Oh, and Matt Ryan's like always had two good wide receivers. Going back to Roddy White and oh, yeah, rookie Julio point. Jones and they had yeah. yeah. point. Matt's and, point Wentz had nothing.
4: And his receivers, I mean, there's Alshon, he's there. Played only 10 games last year, eight or more targets in six of those, but Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are really his top receivers. For sure. Uh, Ertz double-digit targets in five of the last seven regular season games. Goddard had the same amount of touchdowns as George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Hunter Henry last yeah. year. He had the same amount. Yeah, of, touchdowns. of, of t- touchdowns. The problem was the rest of the usage was very low. He also had six or more targets in every game from week 11 on. Yeah, again, not so, a necessity, and one, I don't know that that necessity is still there. But once they lost all their wide receivers, what did they do? He threw the ball. <laughs> well, it was it was kind of amazing. So maybe they've kind of figured something out with Wentz. If he comes back all healthy and he can stay healthy, I like him as a huge upside play. What uh, about Jalen Rager? So is that now? So is Wentz is your Wentz is your official Wentz eagle with official. the most upside? Yeah, I think so. I mean, right. Miles Sanders has the most upside and downside, but yeah. Wentz is the guy that you can get that's the sleeper. I agree. Um, Jalen Rager, I'm not really going to go after. Um, he's he's not going off the board very high. He's wide receiver 69. Yeah, I know. That's at why I like him. Right?
3: This is why I like him so much.
4: Uh, <sighs> Necessity. I think they have almost no choice but to wow. get him the ball. They do get Deshaun Jackson back. Eh, they, they have J.J. Arthega Whiteside. Oh, yeah. And look from, how that worked out for him. Eh, it's it's year two of a wide receiver. I don't receiver, care. He but, showed
3: uh, nothing last year. Yeah. When they desperately needed any warm body
4: <laughs> at wide receiver, J.J. Arthego, Whiteside was still invisible. I have a feeling the Eagles are one of those offenses that just figures out, kind of like the Patriots did, they figure out the ways to win. And I think that their way to win is to play two tight ends and to mm-hmm. use Miles Sanders. So I think Carson Wentz is the guy. Alshon Jeffrey him.
3: goes down, which he will, or just stinks, <laughs> which is
4: something that he does a lot. And that's
3: where Jalen Rager is going to, I think Jalen Rager is going to have a big impact for this year. First round pick. And I don't trust Jeffrey to stay healthy and not stink. And they have to throw a wide receiver. Eventually you can't just throw to tight ends all the
4: time. I think Jalen Rager is a nice <laughs> buy. I, I, I would make a, uh, a dollar wager with you that uh, a running back has more targets than Jalen Rager this year. Well, my uh, Sanders uh, uh, is also
3: really good pass catching back. And so is Boston Scott. Yeah. So,
4: so that, that's the problem is I think that both of those guys are in play as pass. I want to, I want to take bets with Brian, not oh. Matt. Brian's the one who's it, giving away
3: money my over bets here. Are
4: smart over here. Uh huh.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I want odds. <laughs> Nik- Nikhil Harry is going to outscore every rookie wide receiver in this draft. I don't know why no, you think no, that's okay. so far fetched. Uh, it's, put, it's, put your money where your mouth is. It, buddy. It's right? fetched. It's uh, deeply fetched. Yeah. Uh, Guys, Absolutely. thank you for all your help with this. Forty minutes of breaking down every AFC, NFC East team fantasy style. Should we talk about the North sleepers. next year? Yeah, next, next week. week? Yeah, yeah, let's do the North. All right, that the, works for the me. The North remembers. Usually, there's a cadence with these that, that you know the listing always seems to go: the teams on the East, the teams on the North, the teams in the South, and then the teams on the West. We that's do this reverse right to left thing. Maybe, well, maybe that's it. That that's what maybe it is. that's why. It's I always I just figured it was. I don't know, like how the country grew.
5: North, we started north, south, on the east, east coast, north, north, south, east, west is usually how it goes. From compass, right? compass yeah, wise, yeah. yes. But
4: that's no, that's to, that's east. No, maybe no, east, north. I don't. I just north, feel like south, I've west.
3: said north, south, east, west. I don't trust when anything oh. that comes out of your mouth today. <laughs> oh, really? That's what we've learned from <laughs> this. Right. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. If you missed any of the previous shows, we encourage you to go back through your favorite podcasts and check out our other shows as well. And if not, we'll be back breaking into breaking down the eight teams from the north. Next week. North. North. Next week. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.